Hello, and welcome into the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU podcast. Thank you for joining me. This Today, we're going to be going over the amazing weekend for the LSU baseball team as they hit the road for a series at Mississippi State. We'll also be looking at the three big things from over the weekend. We will review the get right, stay right list, and then at the end, we'll talk about what lies ahead for your LSU Tigers. So if you're just tuning in and you're just listening on audio for the first time, you can find the 60 Feet 6 Inch LSU podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. If you're viewing this on the 60 Feet 6 Inch LSU Pod YouTube channel, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like, set the notifications as well, hit that bell uh, so you can be notified whenever I post a video. In terms of Twitter, the account is at 60FT6INLSUPod. Once again, follow us on Twitter. Hit the notifications bell. Interact with me. I try to comment as much as possible. I also like to follow back and give shout outs. So I want to thank everyone for the support so far. Also for all the likes, the retweets, the comments. Uh, it is very appreciated on my end as we get this channel uh, up and going. Well, let's get into it. What an amazing weekend for the LSU baseball Tigers. I predicted a series uh, that LSU would win the series 2-1, to one, and I'm happy to be wrong as they went in and swept the defending national champs at their place in the new dude, and it was really in an impressive fashion. I thought they would have to win some close games that some may involve come-from-behind wins, and um, the biggest thing was going to be holding State down, not letting them have big innings, and really trying to get into that pen to take advantage of what I felt was a suspect bullpen, and it turned out that uh, all those things happened this weekend. So with that sweep on the road, that LSU wins their second road series on the year. They moved to 23-9, and nine, so they are 7-5 and five in conference, right behind Arkansas, who they travel to next week. And when you look at them being 7-5 and five in four SEC series, that's really just right off the pace. I always think the goal is to win two out of three, whether it's on the home or on the road. Hopefully you never get swept, and hopefully you pick up a sweep at home along the way. So they're really just one game off the pace right there. And it really starts on Friday night. Just what an amazing game, you know. And it came down to just little things and execution. You saw Mikhail Hilliard move into the Friday night starting role and Blake Money push back to Saturday. I didn't find that out till late Friday afternoon. I'm not sure why the coaches did that. I think it could have been several reasons, maybe to take some pressure off Blake Money. Uh, Mikhail Hilliard's been in this program for a long time. He's been there, done that. He has a very cool and calm demeanor on the mound. And I think in the end, they just thought that was probably the best chance to win. But I have no inside information. You also saw uh, Jordan Thompson move back to short and Doty move back to second base. Travinsky stayed in at catcher and Pearson was inserted into the lineup in right field as Dugas was a late scratch from that game. So uh, Gio went to left. And I, I at the time of this, I have not heard what's up with Dugas in terms of his recovery or his outlook. So that'll be something to keep an eye on throughout the uh, throughout this week. So on Friday, LSU comes from behind in the ninth to win 5-2. And I think some of the things we talk about in the LSU Mississippi State preview broadcast, so if you haven't had a chance to go check that out, you may go back and look up at a little revisionist history. But the three keys to winning, I thought, for the weekend would be defense. So as you saw, the defense really showed up in this game. Zero errors. I thought Doty had a huge play at home in the seventh inning to make that throw with the infield in to strike down that run. 
Um, I'm not a huge fan of the shift, and you really saw on Friday night some extreme shifts by the LSU coaching staff. So on this, I have to defer to them. They have the charts. They have the analytics. But, man, you saw infielders all the way on the left side of the infield at times. You saw infielders all the way on the right side of the infield at times. And sometimes the shift giveth and the shift taketh away. And in that game, um, the shift really took it away with Mississippi State getting some runs off of that shift. But LSU scores one in the fourth. Then Mississippi State comes two, comes back with two in the fifth. Really, Hancock hits the ball into the sixth hole, and there's nobody there, so they score two runs right there. That's the time where the shift worked against us. And then there's the ninth, which we're really going to get into. But besides the defense, another key that I mentioned in the preview episode was LSU needed to put up crooked numbers. They couldn't just settle for one run here, one run there. They really needed to take advantage when they had runners in scoring position and have a big inning. And you saw that right there. They had missed chances early. They had a lot of strikeouts, especially with two strikes, a lot of strikeouts looking. And I thought that just spelled trouble, especially towards the latter part of the game. Here's This is crazy. LSU did not get a hit after the first inning until the eighth inning. And they still ended up winning that game. So that's just, that's just a crazy stat. And Johnson, I didn't think he was dominant, but he just pitched backwards. He was throwing 3-0 change-ups, which you never see. He was really using all of his pitches at any point in time, and I think that kept LSU's hitters off balance. He was 99-2 with a breaking ball and a changeup, and he could throw any of them at any point in time, and he was a fiery guy. So with regards to the crooked numbers, um, if you talk about the ninth, I mean, we can get into the ninth right here. I think it starts with Hayden Travinsky drawing a two-out walk from, from a one-and-two count. I mean, that's enormous for him to fight back and with two outs still have the ability to get on base and get the next guy up. And then you saw a hit-by-pitch. State hits a pinch hitter. Uh, Stevenson, I believe, comes off the pitch. He gets hit in the ankle. From there, you got first and second. And then Trey Morgan was just money. He hurt his knee earlier in the game. And he drives a, a two-out single up the middle. And at that point, they had runners on second, third, because the state reliever airmailed, excuse me, airmailed one to the backstop. So that scores two. And the big hit of that inning, while Morgan's was huge, they take the lead three to two. The big hit was Dylan Cruz comes up next and just puts the nail in the coffin. He hits an opposite field bomb to make it 5-2. to two. And at that point, I thought it was going to be really tough for State to come back. The reason being is because the bullpen all weekend was absolutely lights out. And it started with Friday night. You had Razelman come into the seventh in relief of Hilliard. And he worked out of a jam. He had runners on first and third. He gets a strikeout. Then Doty makes a play at home. Then he goes an intentional walk, then a strike. Excuse me, intentional walk, and the bases are loaded at this point. And you have, he strikes out there, four-hole hitter, um, Logan Tanner, the catcher on a 3-2 pitch, and showed a ton of emotion coming off. But just the fact that he gets out of that jam with no runs to keep LSU within striking distance was amazing. And I think that was a huge boost for Razelman. I mean, if you heard the crowd was getting on and they were counting how many times he tapped his foot, and that could really get in your mind. But I thought Razelman did a magnificent job in the seventh. Cooper comes in, boom, clean eighth, which is great. He's continuing his good run of form. And then Gervais, he just slams the door. After LSU takes the lead in the ninth, 5-2, it's huge for Gervais to come in and really get that first guy out. You want to get them all out, obviously, but the first guy, is really the one you want to concentrate. And he gets the leadoff guy out and slams the door, and LSU walks away with a huge emotional win on that Friday night. 
And I think the story of the game was besides the ninth and the hitters, by far and away is Mikhail Hilliard. You know, he gave LSU six strong innings. He competes, he pitches, he is unfazed out there. I love his demeanor. And I think every time he goes out there, he's going to do whatever it takes to give LSU a chance to win. And that's what he did. He let the hitters get comfortable. He kept the game uh, within striking distance. He got out of some big innings early where State could have put some run on the boards. And he worked hard to get out of some jams with runners in scoring position. And I just think that's what he does. If you watch him, you can't tell if LSU's winning by seven or they're losing by seven. He's just really unfazed, and, and that's just very impressive. Um, I thought it was key for LSU to get into the bullpen late in the game and and take advantage of some of their wildness as well. And also, Hilliard did not allow State to have some big innings. He had some balls driven deep to the warning track earlier in the game, but he stayed on phase, and he just kept staying the course. So that's enormous. Going in there, Friday night, it's cold. That crowd's pumped up. The history and rivalry between these two teams and to take that game really sets the stage for Saturday if LSU can come out fast. So Saturday, Blake Money starts. And Blake Money has kind of been not really up or down. He's just had one or two bad innings his last couple starts compared to his first couple starts where he was dominant. No, it's one or two bad innings have just really cost him. So LSU comes out on Saturday, a record crowd in attendance, a gorgeous day, over 14,000 people at the new dude. And I really wanted to see them come out fast, and that's exactly what they did to keep the momentum on their side. Right off the bat in the first inning, excuse me, Morgan singles, Cruz walks, and then Jacob Berry comes up and blasts a home run right off the bat. And there's that crooked number again. LSU puts up a three spot right in the first and actually chases the starter in the first, which is amazing. State was not waiting around for him to figure it out or playing around. But Blake Money comes out in the bottom of the first after being staked to a 3 nothing lead, and you just rarely see this. Um, Jaeger, who had hit ninth the night before on Friday, was moved to the leadoff spot, and he leads off the game with a first-pitch bomb. And I always believe solo bombs will not hurt you. Obviously, if they hit six or seven, that's going to hurt you. But in this instance – you're only down three to one to solo bomb. You basically start fresh. Then things got a little out of control. He goes single, which kind of get which got misplayed. Geo slips in the outfield. He gets he gets misplayed. That guy gets the second, then another single. It's first and third. Then Doty misplays a pop up. The sun was in his eyes. It was a tough play. He's running towards the bullpen down the right field line. Um, the outfielder was playing very deep, nowhere close to making the play. So Doty had to run all the way down to the bullpen. It hits off his glove, a run scores. And this is with no out still, but money shows toughness and heart to get out of that jam with no more damage and keep LSU with a three, two lead. And then everything just kind of goes in cruise control until the fifth inning money gives off. Money gives up a leadoff home run to make it three to three. And I watched the replay uh, and some highlights, and I don't understand this. Like I said, I don't have the charge of the scouting report, but he gives a lead off, he gives up a leadoff home run in the fifth on a first pitch changeup, which is to me it's rare. You rarely see first batter of an inning, even though Money had faced this batter a couple times. You rarely see them with a leadoff changeup. There's really nothing to base it off of, and that changeup hung. It was up around the belt, and he missed his spot and. I can tell you from experience, trust me, bad changeups get hit a long way. And that guy, he just crushed like an 82-mile-an-hour changeup into the left field seats. So at this point, the game's tied 3-3. 
Um, from there, Bittmeyer comes in and shuts the door. Actually, you know, he gives up a single on a shift, then another single. So he has second, third, no outs. And, and this could be danger time for LSU with the game tied up and momentum back on state side. But Trent goes strikeout, strikeout, walk. Bases are loaded. Fontenot comes in, and Fontenot punches the next hitter out and an absolutely nasty breaking ball. That's the Fontenot breaking ball everybody's been waiting to see this year. 80 on the black on the outside corner to a right-handed hitter, and he has no, no chance. So that was really nice to see. And then Jordan Thompson comes up, who's been kind of scuffling a little bit, I would say, the last couple weekends. But he hits a leadoff bomb to put LSU back in the lead in the sixth inning. And then really from there, it's just a bullpen's game. They absolutely shine. And Coach Jay Johnson and Jason Kelly did a great job managing the bullpen. I heard a lot of talk about the bullpen in terms of what they do after people throw, after the end of the game, in terms of arm care and pitch count, how they really make sure to keep their pitch count under 30 pitches because they feel like a lot of these guys are able to come back multiple days, as you saw this weekend and last weekend, and they're able to maintain their stuff meaning their velocity and their breaking ball, which is key. So the bullpen on Saturday just helped preserve this victory. Um, after Fontenot, you have Riley Cooper come in and get out of uh, uh, relief Fontenot and get out of that. Then in the eighth, uh, Razelman comes in, and you see Gervais finish the eighth for Razelman. And you're seeing those two guys really do some good things on the back end of the games. Uh, Gervais comes in and gets a K with a man on third at the end of the inning in the eighth. And then in the ninth, when that crowd gets fired up and State just needs to get one person on to get momentum back on their side, Gervais just goes boom, 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 KKK. So he has really become a force at the end of the games. You know, he's got a sidearm delivery, 6'10". I mean, he's really anywhere from 92 to 95, but he can run it up to 97, which is absolutely filthy from that arm angle and that height. So it's really good to see him and those guys gaining confidence at the back end of the game. In this game, though, you saw the defense really kind of turn its ugly head. You know, you had three errors, but LSU was able to withstand it really on the backs of the relievers. So the defense on Friday night, no errors, but on Saturday it was kind of the same old. And you, you saw some issues with the shift again, but, you know, I thought Money did a good job after that first. You know, he only gave up three hits in the next four innings. And uh, hopefully he gained some confidence moving into the next weekend. You know, there may be some – I haven't said it, but there may be some talk with regards to does money continue to deserve to start, and I think he does. I think maybe moving him to that Saturday role is great. Let lets him kind of settle his feet, get comfortable, and uh, just move on from there. So right there, I mean, that's a winning weekend. You take Friday, you take Saturday. But on Sunday, I really felt State had their – kind of their bulldog on the mound, no pun intended, with Cade Smith. And when I interviewed my buddy Brooks Bryan from Mississippi State earlier in the week, and that was posted on a podcast as well, he really talked about how Smith has been um, very good for them on Sundays. He did a great job against Arkansas the previous weekend. He's very gritty, very tough, and um, does you know he gives State quality starts on a Sunday, which is hard to do in the SEC because usually in the SEC – Everybody's t- the bullpen's tired and hitters just feast on Sundays. And that's when you can see the scores get out of control. But Sunday, all about the hitters, baby. You saw, definitely you saw some lineup changes. So you saw Stevenson and Pearson, two true freshmen inserted into the lineup. Well, Pearson had been in the weekend, uh, excuse me, the lineup all weekend. We saw Stevenson come into left. 
You saw Dutton take the mound. He's a freshman. And then you saw Travinsky, who struggled Friday and Saturday. You saw McManus come in for Travinsky behind the plate. Um, Thompson was still at short. Doty was still at second. Dutton on the mound. And you had to figure they were going to go Dutton-Taylor like they did the last two weekends since Taylor hadn't thrown Friday or Saturday. And that's what they did. So you're looking for a sweep. You know, you want to get off to a fast start, but uh, Mississippi State's starter was throwing really well early on. Um, and once again, <laughs> that guy Jaeger from Mississippi State, he leads off the bottom of the first with a leadoff bomb again. I mean, I, he was on fire this weekend. You know, moving from the nine hole to the one hole on Saturday, Sunday, he just went off. And he was a problem all weekend, really. But luckily, he didn't do any damage hitting balls out of the yard with men on base. So you get a solo home run. Dutton doesn't let that affect him. That's the only run they get. LSU strikes back for one in the third. But once you get to the fifth, that's when you see LSU's bats come alive. And it just becomes a fight at the bat rack. That's an old saying we used to have. And that's when the crooked numbers really go crazy. So in the fifth, McManus leads off with a triple. Then Cruz drives him in. Barry goes RBI single. And then Pearson Hits a three-run bomb right there with two outs. And so at that point, the game was very close. And when you have two outs and you're able to have an amazing at-bat like that and finish off that inning, that really deflates that other dugout. You know, it's close. It's you know, it's three to one, I believe, at that point. And then Pearson hits that bomb to make it six to one. And it was just um just continued growth and just really capped the beginning to a great game for him, and it just caps off a great weekend for Pearson, the freshman. And Taylor is in at this point for Dutton. Taylor came in in the fourth for him. And after that big fifth inning by LSU, Taylor throws up a zero. So when I was pitching, we used to call those innings shutdown innings. So whenever LSU would score, it's always like to see the pitcher go out there and throw up a zero. And that starts with getting off, getting the leadoff man on. And I know I preach about that a lot, but excuse me, getting the leadoff batter out. I apologize for that. So when LSU scores, you want to see a zero, and the biggest thing in order to help you get that zero is get the leadoff batter on. Wow. Oh, my goodness. But uh, Taylor throws up a, a zero in the bottom of the fifth, which is huge, which was a great shutdown inning. Then in the seventh, Doty hits a bomb, so it's nice to see him kind of capitalize on um, Sunday. And then Pearson back at it with another yak. So Pearson hits an oppo bomb that time. Mississippi State gets two back on a home run. A uh, guy hit his first home run in his career for Mississippi State, but that was really about it. At that point, I believe the score was 9-3. to three. But you really like to see at the end of the game, LSU's not satisfied. Sometimes in the 8th or ninth, if you're already up 9-3, to three, guys can mail it in. They can really give up at bats. They're ready to get out of there, hit the road, go back home. They figure this thing's in hand. But I love the fact that LSU just continued to pile it on, and their hitters continue to have good at bats and really just look to score as many runs as possible. So that, that's a great sign. So um, Cruz got another two RBI double. Then LSU hit back-to-back RBI singles by Doty. And then um, Pearson as well. So Pearson gets another RBI. And in the end, that just completes the sweep. You know, so on Sunday, it was just a hitter's day. Once Pearson hit that three-run bomb for to cap that inning off, after that, it was just downhill and, and State really had no chance. You know, fans started leaving the stadium. They knew it was over. So that's what you see you kind of got a glimpse of, we know LSU can hit, but when they're all hitting together, it's pretty impressive. And once again, the defense threw up a zero in the errors column. 
So on the weekend, they only had three errors, which is impressive. If I had to put a line out, I would have set it at three and a half over under. And I'm sure a lot of you would have picked the under. I mean, excuse me, the over. I was going to take the under. I had a good feeling about this weekend. But it was nice to see those guys um, throw up another zero in the error column. So in the end, LSU gets a sweep, much important sweep as they get ready to hit the road to Arkansas. So what did we learn? So the three big things. The first one's got to be the bullpen. Listen to these stats right here. On the weekend, the bullpen in three games, 14 innings pitched, nine hits, two runs, two earned, 21 Ks. So in 14 innings pitched, they had four walks in 21 innings. Oh, my goodness. 21 Ks. So think about all the high leverage situations they were in with runners on second and third, bases loaded in all of these games. And they had to figure out a way to work their way out of it. Just you're seeing right now continued growth and confidence from the pen. I think the pitchers, we've talked on, we've talked about it before. You're seeing more of a comfort level with the staff. I think Coach Johnson and Coach Kelly are feeling comfortable with how to operate the back end of the game and who fits where. Once again, I feel roles are continuing to be established and solidified. Um and then the arm care and the pitch limit, allowing guys to come back on multiple games in a weekend. I think from a situational perspective, you're going to see Vintmeyer and Cooper from a right-left. Those are the situational guys and Fontenot. I think set up and close, it'll be either Gervais or Razelman, and they'll flip back and forth depending on what Coach Jay Johnson needs. And you've seen both of those guys do both roles, and I think it's kind of a flip of the coin right now. And they both seem comfortable in that role. And then from a long perspective, if the starter has to go out early, I think it's Collins and Taylor. Collins didn't throw this weekend, and I like Taylor in the bullpen. I'm sure a lot of people want to see him start, but to me, I think he has a power arm with power stuff, and I like him in the bullpen. You know, he, I think he was up and getting loose on Friday, didn't come in the game, and he has the ability to go long. You know, you've already seen him go four and five innings this year, so... Uh, some people may want to see him in Dutton flip-flop, but I like Taylor um, right where he is. The second big thing you saw was the defense. Through two games, they had no errors. And then in one game, the middle game on Saturday, they had three errors. But I think if I pull the LSU fan base, they'll take that. That's a win when they're last in the conference and fielding percentage. I think you saw – it was interesting to see – uh, Thompson back at short and Doty back at second. They looked fine to me there. My biggest question is the shift. Now, I know baseball has a ton of analytics. Those guys have scouting reports and they have film and data. But, man, some of those shifts were just extreme. And I wonder if they're going to keep doing it and will they still be as extreme. And at some point, that just doesn't come back to bite LSU in the butt. And it seems like every team – LSU plays is doing these shifts, and you can turn on every big league game, and they do it as well. But I, um, I think major league baseball and college baseball is completely different when it comes to that. So I, I'm not a, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that, but we're gonna have to watch that as the season progresses. And lastly, sticking to defense real quick is the catchers. You've seen Travinsky and McManus do a great job on the offensive side, and I think they're better than Malazzo. I think most people would agree with that. But on the defensive side, obviously Malazzo is better than them, and um, I have a serious issue with the way catchers set up now on that one leg, even with runners on base. And you saw Mississippi State a couple times throughout the weekend take advantage of that and steal. And I wonder if teams moving forward will try to run more on LSU 
just due to the catcher situation. That's something we're going to keep an eye out on well as well. And then the last big thing is the – I had a tough one coming up with the last one. I thought it could have been split, but I put injuries slash emergence of the freshman. But injuries, you know, what's the status on Tugas? What's the status on Malazzo? And what's the status on Trey Morgan who hurt his knee on the weekend and you really saw him tough it out? He was limping at times. Um, he played through it like a champion. But I wonder if you see him rest in the midweek to get ready for Arkansas. So I'm sure they'll have some type of injury report or status report come on out on Monday. But it'll be interesting to see how those guys progress and how quickly they heal. And then I thought the emergence of freshmen. Now I know it was only really one weekend with Pearson and Stevenson. But what can they continue to bring to the table as people get more information on them, learn how to pitch them a little bit different? They get some film and some scouting on those two guys as well. But being freshmen and showing up like they did uh, only bodes well for LSU in the future. And it was nice to see those guys contribute in a big way this weekend. So that was the third big thing I think we learned as well. All right, here we go. Get right, stay right. So how did I do on my predictions? First, get right. So if you remember in the preview episode, I had get right with Blake Money, Dylan Cruz, and defense. First with money, I think we'll call it a push. Although I didn't think he threw bad. You know, I think he limited the damage. He had a rough first inning. Uh, but he battled out there. It could have been a lot worse. So his line on the day was four innings pitched, six hits. Three of them were in the first. The hits, three runs, two earned, one walk, and five strikeouts. And after the first, he really didn't give up. He didn't give up anything until the fifth, which is a solo home run. So I think maybe moving back to that Saturday role, let him relax a little bit, uh, get got his confidence up. And um, I think you keep him in that Saturday role for Arkansas. I just don't see who else you could put out there um, to where he's been in that role and, and knows what to expect as opposed to putting somebody fresh out there on a Saturday in Arkansas, which is going to be another hostile environment. I just I don't see why you make that move right now. Um, so I call that a push. Now, I had Dylan Cruz on there because he had been struggling. But in terms of get right, that's a win. We picked that right. So he definitely got right. So he had a huge two-run bomb in the ninth, which helped seal that victory on Friday night. Saturday, he was one for four. On Sunday, he went two for four with three RBIs. So for the weekend, he was five for 13, which is 384, with five RBIs and one home run. But he did have six strikeouts on the weekend. So we got to watch those strikeout numbers from him. But I thought he did a great job of hitting with runners in scoring position, continuing uh, big innings when they were there. And I thought he really got right this weekend. So I was glad to see him turn around. And then last on the get right list was the defense. And I think that's a win. You have two games with zero errors, one game in the middle with three errors. But it didn't cost you the game. It didn't come back to haunt you, really. You saw people return back to their normal positions. And um, obviously, I mentioned the shift in the catching situation. But for me, I thought the defense played well. They didn't hurt you this weekend. So in terms of get right, I thought the defense got right. So it looks like we got two out of three get rights. Correct. Now, in terms of the stay right, who needed to stay right for LSU to be successful? And the first one I had on that list was Hilliard, Mikhail Hilliard. And he definitely stayed right, no doubt. Here's his line from Friday night. Six innings pitched, 10 hits, two runs, two earned, no walks, which is huge, and five strikeouts. Now, he's going to give up some hits, but the biggest thing is he continues to pitch and he works around it and he gets out of trouble. And he gave you six strong innings on Friday, which is a new role for him. I think the biggest thing with Mikhail, he's always going to give you a chance to win. I think he instills confidence in the defense and the coaching staff. They know what to expect from him, and he's going to pitch. He's going to use all three of his pitches, and if that big breaking ball is working and it's on, 
that makes him even better. So I just really like him right there in that Friday role. I didn't know why they did it, but I think he settled in nicely to that Friday role, and I think you probably see that moving forward. Another person on the stay-right list was Travinsky, and I think that was a miss. Now, Travinsky had been absolutely crushing the ball. I think he, in his 32 at-bats on the year, he had five home runs. So he got to start Friday and Saturday. He did not start Sunday. You saw McManus come into that role. Now, he had a huge two-out, two-strike walk to start the ninth inning off for LSU to lead to that victory. But through the rest of the weekend, he was over five with five Ks and three walks. So every weekend, somebody's going to be down. You know, you saw Joe Bear not hit the ball great. Thompson didn't hit the ball great except for that home run, which keyed the Saturday win. And then you had Travinsky. So that was a miss on stay right. Everybody's going to have ebbs and flows, but, you know, you really want to see, see people stay as consistent as possible. And lastly, on the stay right, I think there was another huge hit. I, I, I predicted the bullpen needed to stay right. And, I mean, they were just lights out. Unbelievable. I mentioned their line for the weekend earlier. And they just continue to press and press. And um, I think you see those guys really pushing each other. They're showing more emotion out there, which I think you need in college from the bullpen. I was an emotional guy. I was never super stoic. I couldn't really do that. And I think when those guys throw so hard and they feed off that energy, whether they're on the road or at home and they're pushing each other, I just think that uh, bodes well for LSU in the future. So another, another get, another stay right right there for the bullpen. So did a good job on the weekend. I would definitely say winner, winner, chicken dinner on my get right, stay right. And lastly, so what's next for the Tigers this week? So they have a home game on Tuesday with Lamar. Lamar is coming in at 23 and 13. They are nine and six in conference. They won their weekend series this past weekend. Uh, Former LSU player coaches Lamar. So I'm sure he always likes to come back to LSU and try to stick it to him. But you have a quick turnaround for another road series at Arkansas. So this series is going to – I don't really like them, but it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. So on the road at State, they get home, home on Tuesday, back on the road Wednesday to go up to Fayetteville. And you saw Arkansas lose their series this weekend at Florida. LSU's only one game behind. So that place is going to be absolutely rocking. It's an amazing stadium, amazing atmosphere, and Arkansas has just been a great program. Really the last 12 years or so, they've really established themselves as one of the best programs in the country. So another tough test for LSU on the road. Interesting thing, though, about Arkansas is how about they play Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, and then they roll into a Thursday SEC series. So bad job by the scheduling guy. Now, look, they're playing Arkansas Pine Bluff, so it's no juggernaut, but I hope their bullpen gets taxed a little bit. So LSU won't frown at that, but just a really interesting just five straight games. So. You wear that woo pig suey. So that's it, guys. That's it for me today on the recap of the LSU sweep at the Mississippi State Bulldogs, the defending national champs. So a huge series win for the Tigers. Thanks for tuning in. As a reminder, follow us on Twitter, on the YouTube channel. Hit me up, like, comment, set your notifications, interact with me. I'll be sure to give some shout outs. And we will see you later this week for the LSU Arkansas preview pod and video. Thanks, guys. Y'all stay safe.